the Laps Factor Podcast. What is up, College Lacrosse fans? You're watching episode 196 of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Hoost, and today we're going to talk about, once again, a buttload of lacrosse here. We got Virginia, Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgetown and Richmond, Stony Brook Brown, Harvard, Michigan, High Point Robert Morris, and then a bunch of games that we're going to talk about beyond that. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like just hit the like button like an idiot. Subscribe. If you're an audio listener, share it with your friends. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com. All our crap is up there. You can also get swag and support the podcast that way. We have shorts as well. So that is it. Let's get into this here. First game I want to talk about is Virginia at North Carolina. A hell of a game here. Thursday, nothing's better than Thursday night ACC games. They are the best games to watch overall. And because the ACC is stacked, every game is pretty much a quality game. And you always get to see some of the biggest stars in the game rocking. So in this game here, UVA, they got off to a hot start. They took a 2-0 lead off a Jeff Connor goal. He wrapped around from X up the right side and stuck it. I think he stuck it short side pipe. And then in the end, it's, it's, an, it's a game of run with the ACC teams here. UNC, they would answer with a five-goal run started by Cole Herbert on a feed from Chris Gray. Herbert would put up two goals and a dish over that five-goal run. So he had a good stretch. Gray scored the second goal on the run, unassisted, a beautiful hitch. He kind of stepped left, defender overcommitted, and then Gray came back to the inside a few steps and then stuck a little jumper from eight yards out or so. The run was capped by Nikki Solomon on a look from Henny, uh, Henny, Henny, Henry Scherzinger, and UNC went from down 2-0 to up 5-2 thanks to that five-goal run. But often in ACC games, as I said, it's just a back and forth in terms of the runs, and this was no different. UVA's Connor Schellenberger scored back-to-back goals, the first assisted by Matt Moore, the second on a cross-field feed from Peyton Cormier in transition that he absolutely smoked past Colin Krieg. I like to see Schellenberger shooting like this. I would like to see him shooting more like this. They talked about it in the telecast as well. After Cormier tied things up at fives, Matt Moore, he'd continue and then later capped the Cavs' run, scoring his second goal of the game, also scored a goal prior to this next run. Both goals were unassisted, and both goals were scored off classic Matt Moore dodges from the right wing into the middle of the field, highly contested, just waiting for his defender kind of to provide him with an opening, any sliver of a window where he can get his hands free and get a shot, and he unleashed hell on uh, on poor Colin Krieg here in this stretch. But UNC, once again, they'd battle back. They'd take the lead back 10-9 with just 32.5 seconds left in the half on a man-up goal by Jacob Kelly, fed beautifully by Chris Gray. In the first half of the game, it was crazy. We have 19 goals in the first half. UVA defense came out in the second half with their big boy pants on, though. They held Carolina to just a single goal Over the second half, they held him scoreless over the third and to just a single goal in the entire second half. UVA, though, they'd come out and they'd be on fire again. They'd start the second half out with five unanswered goals. First, Matt Moore tied things up at tens with yet another tough dodge, this time from the left wing to the middle of the field, sticking a lefty bouncer. And then Connor Schellenberger gave UVA the lead for good, dodging from X. His defender lost to stick in the hubbub. He danced around the crease and buried it right-handed. And then UVA, they go on from there to win the game 15-11. to 11. 
As we look at team stats here, UVA, they outshot them. They outshot them on goal. Credit to Carolina for being insanely accurate. Just 19 shots on cage, and they still managed to put up, uh, what was it, 10 goals? 11 goals in the game, so that's pretty impressive. Saves. Carolina's uh, Colin Krieg, he ends up winning the day in that light, but it's not enough as Carolina just shelled him. Turnovers, Carolina turned the ball over quite a bit. And it was weird, too, because early on, UVA had a hard time with Carolina's 10-man. But once UVA figured out figured it out, then it was Carolina that ended up having a hard time. Carolina failed on five clears, as you can see here. And then face-offs, it was split pretty well, pretty evenly here. Extra man opportunities. Carolina got the better of UVA. UVA 0 of 2. Carolina 2 of 3. From a scoring perspective here, Connor Schellenberger was bonkers. 4 and 3. Yet another big game for him. 7 points on the day off, just 6 shots. So insanely efficient with just 2 turnovers considering how many touches he got. Matt Moore was also very efficient. 3 goals, 2 helpers off 12 shots. Again, Volume shooter, you'll take that kind of production out of more, though, because those goals came at a big point and helped start the Virginia runs. Cormier, 3-1, and one, excellent out of him overall. And then as we look at Gray, 1-3. and three. So he was held a little bit quiet. Cole Herbert, Cole Herbert 2-1. And, one. and then, you know, the rest of the Carolina staff or uh, uh, crew just didn't get it done. In terms of the goalie, you can see here Matthew Noons, 11 goals against versus 8 saves, but the freshman looks solid. And then Colin Krieg. 15 goals against, but 18 saves in the L. So overall, a hell of a game here, and that's going to transition us to our next ACC matchup here. This one did not go as well for the ACC as the prior game did because it couldn't. they couldn't lose. It was ACC versus ACC. So we have Ohio State here against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's been playing kind of a rough stretch here. This is their third loss, one in three. They beat Detroit Mercy badly and then losses to Georgetown, Maryland, and Ohio State. Kind of like Syracuse's schedule in the sense that they just play three killers back to back to back. But, you know, you're going to have that here. Um, as we get into this one, Notre Dame, they jumped out to a two-zip lead but gave both of those goals back to Ohio State thanks to penalties that the Buckeyes made the most of by scoring on both man-up plays. And that was a trend here. Notre Dame would answer Ohio State's run, and then Ohio State would answer Notre Dame trying to get things close again by scoring man-up goals. They were 5-4-5, five, five, I believe, on the man-up, on the extra man situations. But the Irish, they would get the lead back off an Eric Dobson goal assisted by Pat Kavanaugh, followed up by a Quinn McCann goal, and that gave Notre Dame a 4-2 lead prior to Ohio State answering with a five-goal run that gave them an 8-4 lead. The run was both started and capped by Jack Myers' goal, his third of the run, and Ohio State would never trail again from there. Myers had an incredible day here, four goals and three helpers on the day off just eight shots. Jackson Reed was 3-3 three and three for Ohio State. Notre Dame, they'd end up hanging around and keep things interesting, getting back to within a goal on two separate occasions, but it was Jack Myers' day in Ohio as he put up four goals, three helpers on the day, leading the Buckeyes to the win over Notre Dame. I kind of repeated myself there. The Big has fared well against ACC opponents so far this season. Maryland, they've beaten Cuse and Notre Dame, and they have UVA up next this weekend, this upcoming weekend. Ohio State has the big win over Carolina, as well as this win over Notre Dame. Hopkins is the only other team to 
to face ACC teams, and they're 0-2 right now, dropping uh, games to UNC and UVA, and they have Cuse up next this weekend. So the Big Ten currently 4-2 against ACC teams with Hopkins and Cuse facing off next, and Maryland and UVA doing battle next weekend. And obviously I'm hoping the ACC evens this back up again, and it's 4-4 across the board between these two conferences, and then everyone can kind of shut up and stop chirping the ACC. But, I mean, the big Ohio State, Maryland, Rutgers, even Michigan to a degree, although they got humbled by Harvard a little bit here yesterday. So, I mean, the big is definitely much improved across the board. So that's good. Next game I want to talk about here is Georgetown at Richmond. Now, while this game wasn't officially put to bed until kind of mid to late fourth quarter, kind of medium-range fourth quarter, Georgetown wasted no time in taking control and then keeping it against Richmond on Saturday. The Hoyas' Dylan Watson struck first off a feed from Alex Trippi, going low to low, giving Georgetown a one-zip lead. Alex Trippi then scored a goal of his own, just 68 seconds later, unassisted, getting his hands free and burying one to make the score two zip. Then it was Declan McDermott, unassisted. Dylan Hess, unassisted. Graham Bundy Jr. off a TJ Haley dish over uh, over kind of a three-minute and 10-second stretch, and the lead was five-zip, and the Hoyas never lost control from there, as I said. Richmond's uh, Ryan Lanchberry, he scored with 10-41 remaining in the third quarter to get the Spiders back to within 10-8, but Graham Bundy Jr. answered the call over 10 minutes later. There was a big stretch of no goals, extending the Hoyas' lead back to three again. And then Richmond, once again, they'd get back to within two one more time. Max Merklinger off a Ryan Lanchberry feed, 11-9 Hoyas, but the wheels would come off from there and the Hoyas would score four out of the next five goals on their way to securing the 15-10 win. As we look at the individual stats here for Georgetown, we see Graham Bundy Jr. won the day. He was 5-1 and one off 11 shots with zero turnovers. Alex Trippi had himself a day. The transfer has been playing very well for Georgetown. 3-2 and two off seven shots with zero turnovers. And uh, and then you kind of see here uh, James Riley at the faceoff dot. He goes 19 of 28 for Georgetown, so that was a big key in the victory as well. Once again, you just limit possessions. And then the goalie battle. Uh, Owen uh, McElroy for Georgetown, 10 goals against and seven saves. So neither goalie here got the better of anybody. I guess uh, Devin Craven for um, Richmond. He did have a, he must have played the first 40 minutes of the game. He did have six saves or eight saves versus six goals against, but he ended up uh, seeing the bench here with 20 minutes left and didn't finish the game out. Uh, for Richmond, like I said, Lanchberry had a great game, two and four. Lanchberry is solid. Dalton Young, three and one. Ryan Dunn, one and one. Just not enough depth in terms of scoring and talent overall. The the Georgetown defense wore them down slow but sure. As we look at the cause turnovers here for the Georgetown defense, you just that's it's just ridiculous. Gibson Smith, he has four cause turnovers. Will Bowen, three cause turnovers. Alex Mazone, three cause turnovers. Wallace Helpert, two cause turnovers. Uh, so, you know, they're getting it done there, especially the top two D in Gibson Smith and Will Bowen. So hell of a game for Georgetown. Richmond hung tough, but, you know, what are you going to do there? And uh, that is all I have to say about that one. Next up, and this was also a hell of a game here, was Stony Brook, Brook and Brown. 
And in this one, it's it's you're seeing this in a lot of games where it is it, lacrosse more than ever has been a game of runs since the advent of the shot clock. I don't remember seeing just five goal runs happen regularly in games. And when teams' backs are against the wall and you have the shot clock anyway, it seems to be happening. Stony Brook, they jump out to a 5-3 lead late in the third quarter off a of Dylan Palinetti goal, his second of the game. It was actually a sick low to high uh, 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 stick off an adjacent slide. Easy goal for Palinetti. Mike McMahon drew the slide, hit Palinetti on the wing, and he laced one past Connor Theralt. I never know how to pronounce that name. But Brown would answer back in a big way in the second half. First up, Brian Antonelli scored on a dish from Darian Cook to get back to within a goal, and Darian Cook scored just over a minute later to tie things up at fives. And then it became the Devin McLean show. McLean would score five of the game's next six goals. He started with a four-pack. Scoring the first of this stretch off a feed by Ryan O'Haven. O'Gavin. I don't know how to pronounce that either, man. Whoa. He then put up two more, uh, beating Anthony Palma over a 53-second span. Those goals assisted by Darian Cook and Porter Holland, respectively. And the natural hat-trick was now activated for McLean. The fourth that he scored was a man up, a very nice stick on a feed from George Grell that gave Brown an 8-5 lead with 2-11 to play in the third quarter. After Matt Anderson answered back for Stony Brook, McLean yet again, he struck for a fifth time to open up the fourth quarter, giving Brown a 10-6 lead. The kid balled the hell out, played a sick game overall. As we get in here and we look at the stat line for Stony Brook, you see Matt Anderson 3-0, Dylan Palinetti two goals, not quite enough overall. And if we look at Brown here, Devin McLean, the five goals there, Darian Cook, three and two, both very efficient. Five five uh, shots and eight shots on goal, respectively. Didn't well, they both kind of turned the ball over here a little bit more, but it didn't matter. High risk, high reward here at that point. In terms of the goalie battle, Anthony Palma for Stony Brook, eleven saves, ten goals against. He played a pretty good game, but here Connor Theralt. Ends up with 18 saves versus seven goals against. So, I mean, that's really the the deal breaker right there was uh, Theralt in cage for Brown. Just stood on his head and played very well. Very solid lacrosse here overall. Faceoff dot, uh, Renz Conlon for Stony Brook. He won out 16 to 21. So, they needed every save out of the Brown keeper for Brown to be able to win this game. If we look at the... Team stats, which is something I wanted to look at. Yeah, faceoffs were 16-5. I wanted to look at the uh, turnovers. That turnovers were pretty even too. So in the end, it was it was a uh, uh, Theralt standing on his head in cage for Brown. Tell me how to pronounce that phonetically in the comments. If it's pissing you off, then I'm absolutely butchering that. I'll just have to listen to the telecast again. But I I, I watch them, but I watch a lot of them on mute because I'm watching multiple games at a time, and that was the case in that one. All right, next up here. We've got another hell of a game here, Harvard at Michigan. This was an important game. It wasn't necessarily a great game throughout, although once again we saw uh, you know, high-quality lacrosse and some sick goals overall. Josh Zuwada struck first, sniping one from the right wing to put Michigan up one zip. Uh, goal was assisted by Ryan Cohen, but Harvard took the wheel from there, scoring four out of the next five goals, capped by Nick Loring, sticking his first of the season, giving Harvard a 5-2 lead. The Wolverine... Eh, the Wolverines, they would get back to within a goal just 25 seconds into the third quarter. A man-up goal by Ryan Cohen, fed by Michael Bohm. 
but Harvard would once again go on a run. We keep seeing these runs over and over and over, scoring four unanswered to take an 11-6 lead, and that was all she wrote. Hayden Cheek stuck Harvard's 11th goal with 13.06 in the fourth, assisted by Nick Loring. And as we get into the individual stats on this one for Harvard, we see Nick Loring had a hell of a game, two of five for seven points. Sam King, three of two. Did I say before that that was Loring's first goal? Sticking his first of the season. I don't think that's the case. Maybe. Maybe he hadn't scored a goal yet, but he has a seven-point game in this one. Sam King for Harvard, three and two. We see the face-off battle here was won by Michigan. Justin uh, uh, Whitefelt, he ends up 15 to 25. Just wasn't good enough, and we're going to see why here in a little bit. But points by Michigan. You see they kept Zawada quiet, two and one. Didn't factor a whole lot. Didn't get a whole lot of touches. And then in terms of the goalie battle, Shane Carr for Michigan played well, 16 saves, 14 goals against. Kyle Mullen, 12 saves versus nine goals against. Not too shabby for the goalies. And then you just kind of look at the stats, and Harvard just outplayed Michigan. Michigan took more shots, but Harvard put more on cage. Harvard ended up with less saves, but Michigan didn't put nearly as many shots on cage. Turnovers were pretty even. Clears fairly even overall like I mean it was a it was it was rough and even Michigan two of five on the man up so Harvard was in the end just more efficient offensively in this game their defense looked very good and they just played tough the Ivies across the board have just been playing physical tough lacrosse not always pretty but they're scrappy as hell all so far all of the Ivy League teams that I've watched have been formidable enough offensively and then consistent and solid enough defensively in between the boxes that they're, they're having a good weekend, weekend after weekend here for the most part. Next one, I want to talk about High Point at Robert Morris. High Point jumped out to a 7-2 lead that they would never relinquish, but Robert Morris didn't go quietly into the afternoon regardless. High Point led 4-2 at the half, pretty low-scoring affair, but the third quarter would see 11 goals scored. The Panthers outdo Bobby Moe 7-4 over that 15-minute stretch of the third quarter to extend their lead to 11-5. Robert Morris would fight back with 3.40 left in the fourth to go back within a goal off a Corson Keeley goal. That made it 12-11 uh, high point, but then Jackson Lamb would score the dagger with just under a minute to play, and high point would secure victory against their rival. As we dive into the ind individual stats here for high point, the story here, once again, is uh, Braden Maia and Asher Nolting just kind of mirroring each other's stats. Nolting ends up assist-heavy. Maia ends up goal-heavy. Five and one for Maia. Asher Nolting, one and four on the day. The, the, once again, though, the big thing, I keep saying it, I keep preaching this because this was the only hole in Asher Nolting's game was his turnovers. You look at this, one turnover and uh, five points off four shots. You'll take that production all day. And then he got it back with a cause turnover as well. And then you see here Jackson Lamb had two goals, uh, Nick Rizzo, one and two. And then in terms of the faceoff battle, 18 of 27 for Bo Columbus. So that ends up keeping Bobby Moe in this game. But from a points perspective, Taggart Clark, he's three and one. Jake Boudreaux, two and one. Corson Keeley, two and one. You know, so... Bobby Moe, they got a little bit of depth in scoring. It's just not quite good enough. Parker Green had one of those hot days that he ends up having. 17, of, uh, 17 saves versus just 11 goals against. He wins the goalie battle by a large margin as Nate Randall only made eight saves versus the 13 goals against. So high point played tough. They got a big game out of Asher Nolting and his favorite white boy, Braden Maia, and they went out here. 
in the end. Let's move on from this one. Now we're going to start getting into the rando games from yesterday. Maryland, they did play Albany, and they beat them down badly 24-6. to Maryland, now they, they secure. Now we make sure that we got two undefeateds here coming up on uh, next weekend when Maryland takes on Virginia. Both teams undefeated, one versus two. That's going to be exciting to see. Wisnowskis showed out 2-4. of four. Donville, 3-2. of two. Donville's been a huge key transfer from Cornell, Cornell to Maryland. Daniel Kelly, 4-0. And Maryland, you can see, they went deep, deep into their bench in this one. Not a whole lot to say other than McNaney didn't get a whole lot of action. Inacio, or not Inacio, I'm sorry. Luke Weirman, 10 of 13 at the faceoff dot. So that's a pretty big day. I never looked at what Inacio did at the faceoff dot. We'll have to revisit that here. Uh, another game we didn't talk. See Hofstra struggling. They they barely beat Manhattan eight to four. We're not going to go into that one. Penn State versus Cornell. They ended up playing a hell of a game here. It was close. I believe in this one the story was that I think Cornell got a lead. Actually, here let's go through here. Let's let's look up what this how this game played out so we can actually talk about it in a little bit more depth from what I because I did not watch this one. Yeah, so Cornell, they jumped out to a 6-0 lead. Once again, the runs are insane here. Cornell goes on a six-goal run in the first quarter to start the game out, and they take a six-goal lead off a of Michael Long goal. Michael Long had a big, a big game here. We'll go through his stats in a bit. Penn State answers, and they score four unanswered, uh, capped by an Ethan Long goal to make the score 6-4 with 11.56 in the second quarter. And then Cornell answers, uh, and then they, they get one back, making it 7-4. And then Penn State goes on another four-goal run to actually take the lead 8-7 before Cornell goes on a four-goal run to take the lead back 11-8. And then they kind of go back and forth from there. Cornell, uh, Penn State did end up tying things back up at 14s with 8.38 left in the game. Cornell answered. Penn State tied it again off a Luke Mercer goal with 5.32 left in the game before Aiden Blake with a minute 52 left for Cornell scores the game winner off a of Matt Lissiardi. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that either. Uh, feed, I'm going to have to make a t-shirt. I don't know how to pronounce that either because I'm an idiot. So, yeah, that's a, a hell of a game here for Cornell, pulling it out. Cornell remains undefeated now. Penn State drops to 2-5. and five. Penn State's schedule has been tough, though. So, I mean, if you really you look at who Penn State's lost to, they lost to Villanova, Vermont. Yeah, okay, maybe Penn State's schedule isn't so tough, but they are playing much better lacrosse than they were early in the season. I'm going to give them that. So, we, like I said, Michael Long ended up having a very good day, 4-1, uh, seven shots, very efficient. John Piatelli, 5-0. CJ Curse two and two, so that was solid for them. Uh, in cage for Penn State, that was the big story here. Well, let's get their scores. Ethan Long three and two, Dan Riom Room one and three. But if we look at the goalie battle here, uh, Chase Erlin mediocre game, eleven saves, fifteen goals against. It was Alec uh, uh, Alaric Fayok. 16 saves versus 16 goals against. He had a 50% against Cornell is a solid outing, so he kind of helped Penn State stay in it. He wins the goalie battle, and that's the reason it was a closer game than I actually thought it might be. And they did a good job at the faceoff debt. Hudson Bone wins 19 of 34 against Angelo Petrakis, who has been playing very well all season. Petrakis just goes 50%. They bring in uh, Silos here. He goes one of six. I don't know why he even played at that point then if he did that bad. But Petrakis, this is this was a mediocre 
a pedestrian display by Petrakis, thanks to Hudson Bone for or Bond for Penn State. So that is the story in that one. Yeah, let's go back through here a little bit more. That is pro. Oh, I was going to talk a little bit about Boston U and Bucknell. I did watch that one. Boston U, they improved to five and zero as well right now, and they've got wins over Bryant. That's a solid quality win. Merrimack, they only beat 12-10. UMass, they kind of beat up a little bit. Colgate, they beat up well. So, I mean, they haven't played the toughest schedule in the world, but, you know, they're they're pulling out wins where they should pull out wins. And right now they're sitting at 5-0 and uh, with Holy Cross up next, Harvard, Lafayette, and they, they haven't even gotten into uh, – or, yeah, actually conference play started for them already then, right? Let's see. They got Lehigh. Holy Cross is next. Bucknell, they just beat – that was a conference game. Yeah, so for Boston U, though, if we go back to the stats in this one, Timmy Lay, two and three, Vince Dalto, three and one, Jake Cates, three and one. You know, they, they end up getting quality scoring from everybody in cage. Matt Garber, 12 saves versus seven goals against. He wins the goalie battle. His team ends up winning the game by a fair margin, just about by the difference between their saves. The score was 12-7. Garber had 12 saves, and Max Nolan for Bucknell had seven saves. So that matters. Context matters here. And then uh, Connor Calderon, he wins the faceoff battle badly, 16-23. So Bucknell, solid. They're really solid offensively and defensively. They just got smoked at the faceoff dot, and their goalie had a rough day. And that ends up being the difference in this one. So sadly, that is all I have for you here. So we're going to do something else because I'm not going to be done yet for at least the YouTube crowd here. We are going to check out the... Instagram, because I have a bunch of saved videos within my highlights reel, and we're just going to watch uh, some of these here. I'm going to make sure to mute my desktop so that we don't listen to all of the things. All right, so yeah, look at this. Cross body behind the back from Bohm, or that's from Bomer. Bomber. That's pretty filthy. Let's watch that one more time. Look at that. Beautiful shot right there. Michigan ends up losing, though. Be nice behind the back feed. Boom. Ohio State in their defeat of Notre Dame, but that is pretty. I'm going to watch it again. Boom. Slow mo. Nice duck under right there as well. Got a couple of UVA highlights here that we can watch. That's the rip, cross field rip that I was talking about from Connor Schellenberger. There's a nice stick by Cormier. Low to low. Normally you see him bury that high, kind of like Wisnowskis from that same wing. And that was one of the tough dodges. We already saw it, but Matt Moore just doing work here. Look at him. Just, oh, my hands are free. Look how quick he switches hands and just rips that. This one left-handed, hands free, left-handed. They had they had no answer for him. They put a freshman on him early, and then they switched that up, and then they had a lefty guarding him on that side of the field. Here is where I think that was Herbert dropped his stick, and Schellenberger goes around and scores. Beautiful feed by Schellenberger here. Xander Dixon, I love how he's been playing off ball and filling for Virginia. Defensively, Virginia played tough, especially in that second half. So, hell of a job there. Look at this. That's dirty. Got a little bit. Of, I think that might be. I don't even know who that is. Here's a beautiful hit on a ride. Villanova Hofstra. I think that was last week. Whoop. And you're going to score a goal. You love it when the, the ride ends up turning into a goal. Here's a little bit of Harvard action. 
against who was this against Fairfield cross another cross body to the upper corner that's pretty slick let's watch that again nice feed here is that king is king number seven cross body to the corner that's just beautiful you know you know that kids watched that highlight 15 times we'll watch this one here ah uh, we're not yeah we'll watch this one nice little celebration here after the goal Michigan Delaware game last weekend I don't even know what the gritty is but I mean if it was Madden you'd hit the stick the gritty stick and boom there you go you got your dance so that is going to be it folks uh, this was a short show because we didn't have a whole lot of games in the end to talk about uh, but hey actually you know what screw that we're gonna talk some d3 lacrosse here what we're going to check out here is I wanted to see the RIT score nope I want to see the next RIT score Sometimes the schedule does this, and it doesn't load, I've noticed. you got to, like, scroll down right away. All right, let's find this RIT score. There it is, RIT Stevens. Let's see what happened in this game, because, like I said, it ended up being a little closer than we thought. Stevens lost to Salisbury uh, – I almost said Salisbury State. They lost to Salisbury State – see, I did it there. They lost to Salisbury 15-5. to and like I said, we're trying to kind of match up like opponents for these two teams. And we see that it ended up being a much tougher game. 14-11, RIT beats Stevens. Luke Pilcher, 3-3, three and three, com uh, Commandant, 2-1. and one. Uh, Angus, 3-0. and oh. Angus, that's a dope name here. Uh, so Stevens hung tough in terms of the goalie battle in this game. Drew Hutchinson, not, yeah, you know, uh, maybe that's the story here is uh, Jake Zare had 14 saves in this game against 14 goals against and versus Salisbury. He did not play or he didn't have any saves at least. So he must not have started in that game. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the story is with that one, but that was an interesting score. And then we do end up having Salisbury playing. I forget. Let's uh, check that out. Salisbury having a hard time spelling here today. They play York today at 2 o'clock, actually. So this will be a big game. And then once once again, these are like opponents. York already played RIT. RIT beat York 16-9. Uh, to nine. So it'll be interesting to see how these teams end up faring. I mean, you just look at Cross Ferreira's numbers. 26-10. Logan Posner, Posner, 17-10. And 10, uh, you know, Salisbury State has been playing tough lacrosse, as always. They are still undefeated, winning the face-off battle or the goalie battle overall, winning the face-off battle way more often than not. So I, I predict Salisbury is probably going to beat him by five plus, but we'll see. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to see some of these like opponents that they play. I'm hoping to see it pan out and uh, for that that score to end up being interesting. So that's actually one more thing I wanted to show you here was off Instagram. It was uh, Tufts. Might as well hop back on Instagram real quick. I'm going to show you one more thing, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here. Tufts lacrosse. They had a sick a, a sick goal. They've got to have it on here. There it is. Watch this. We're going to throw this across. He's like, eh, let's just finish that between my legs. Another between the legs shot. That was beautiful. We're going to watch that one more time here. Fast break. I love transition. Tufts in transition. Brutal. And boom. 
we stick that between our legs. So that's it, guys. That's going to be the show. I'm going to get the hell out of here. 30-minute show, not too bad. There's a bunch of lacrosse played today, so I will consider if I have time putting something out maybe Tuesday, recapping some of the quality games here that we're going to see today because we do have some quality games that are going to be played today. We have Syracuse and Hopkins, the one I'm most excited about, at 4. Denver and Yale at 1. Loyola and Duke at 1. This Binghamton-Fairfield game I think is going to be a solid game at 1 o'clock. Villanova and Penn. Uh, so there's a bunch of good games on here today, so I may have to throw something up. not going to promise anything, but check back just in case. It'd be Tuesday if I did it. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, you can go to laxfactor.com, support us that way. Like, subscribe, share with everybody. Do whatever you can to help us grow the podcast if you appreciate what I'm doing here. And uh, that is it. I will be back for sure Thursday with the preview show. We're putting the preview show up on YouTube and audio uh, here moving forward. It just seems to work out better for everybody that way. So I'll be back 100% Thursday with the preview show for this following weekend's games. And then, like I said, I may do a bonus show on Tuesday recapping the Cuse game, the Duke game, the Denver-Yale game, at least those ones, maybe even Binghamton-Fairfield a little bit. So that's all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And Hoost is out. 